Hello and welcome I'm Pooja Sarkar and you're listening to the podcast from the bookshelves of Forbes India. Today I picked up a very interesting book is called Quantum Marketing by Mr. Raja Raja Manar. Now Raja looks after marketing at Mastercard and he's previously worked with many large organizations and what he talks about in his book is where is the future of marketing? Now a lot of companies even global firms are moving away from the CMO roles or marketing roles are largely becoming obsolete in nature what keeps it going how is it that a marketer should look at positioning their product what are the keys that they need to look at at these times when technology is at the heart of everything how do you use data how do you use machine learning ai 5g everything to use it as a skill set for yourself and to help your brand become bigger and not just depend on advertising uh, i read your book and there's this one line this in fact an entire para that i would like to quote that currently marketing is in a crisis and in recent studies 80% of ceos say that they have no confidence in their marketing team and 70% of the ceos said their marketing team members don't have business credibility or the ability to generate growth and many ceos don't see value in marketing or the value that marketing is bringing to the table and marketers presence at the ceo table continues to dwindle why has marketing reached this crisis and it's a very important topic that you touch upon in the beginning so i would like you to describe why is it that it is in such crisis So Pooja firstly thank you very much for having me on your show much appreciate the opportunity uh you know it's not just a crisis that marketing is facing but it is actually an existential crisis i would say right when so many ceos are on the one hand saying that they have no confidence in their marketing departments or in their cmos that's a huge issue but that is also resulting in a lot of actions being taken by those ceos and by those companies a number of cmo roles have been eliminated across multiple companies these are companies which are blue chip consumer companies like johnson and johnson jnj or hershey's they have just done away with the cmo roles at the global level number one number two many companies have started fragmenting marketing and putting different parts of marketing in areas outside of marketing managed by non marketing people that's another problem and the last one i would also say is that many companies have started bringing in roles like chief revenue officer chief customer officer and chief growth officer now if you take revenue growth and customers away from marketing what else is left in marketing right now let's see why we came to this stage so firstly i think marketers historically or traditionally have come through the qualitative side of the house they are creative they are innovative they are out of the box thinkers they are intuitive they have got a great judgment they got fine aesthetic sense and so on now in the first two paradigms of marketing or the first two stages of marketing as it evolved over hundreds of years it was fine but mid 1990s with the advent of internet and the introduction of data analytics to marketing marketers felt themselves completely out of depth because technology and data were not their forte both these functions are left brain functions whereas marketers traditionally have been right brain uh, trained so they started feeling themselves a little out of depth and 
a whole new breed of people came in. Literally, they took the agenda away from the marketers. Now you have got, for example, data analysts defining how data is managed instead of marketing marketers telling data analysts how to do it. And marketers were just by witnesses and by witnesses and bystanders. And that has really eroded or beginning of the erosion of marketers' credibility. Second, because data and technology have started democratizing the field of marketing, even small companies coming out of Silicon Valley or wherever, they could effectively compete against the very large companies. And large companies are finding more and more brutal competition that they are facing. And therefore, when they are struggling for growth, they look to marketers and ask them, hey, I'm giving you millions of dollars. What am I getting in return for the business? Now to a business question from a CFO or a CEO or a finance question from a CFO, if the marketer's answer is a marketing answer and not a business answer, there is a problem. So if they say, yeah, you know, actually my brand awareness has gone up, my brand predisposition has gone up, my net promoter score has gone up, it looks like the marketers are being fluffy and they are hiding behind marketing jargon and marketing mumbo jumbo. So they begin losing credibility. So as a marketer, you cannot, you simply cannot look like a deer caught in headlights when asked a tough business or finance question. And that's exactly what has been happening. And CEOs, as a result, have started losing confidence in the CMOs. And that's the beginning of the decline. And unfortunately, that's something which we are still witnessing uh, at its peak at this point in time. Okay, true. And I wanted to uh, take it a little further. For example, like marketers are also facing a lot of challenge because at this point in time, privacy has become one of the core tenets of how we use internet as individuals, right? You you open YouTube, now YouTube has an option that, you know, you don't have to watch ads, you directly take a subscription and you're ad-free right now. If you go ad-free on YouTube, that is one of the biggest places where everybody used to come to. And we have ad blockers. Uh, We are trying to consume more and more subscription-based models where we do not have to have a uh, ad interface or anything, you know, marketers are really finding it challenging in how they position their products. Now, how do you see them overcoming these challenges? The fact is marketers have relied forever on advertising as the primary method Mm -hmm. of telling the story about their brand or about their product. Now, unfortunately, consumers are being bombarded by so many messages every single day. And the estimates are anywhere between 3,000 and 5,000 messages every single day. It is such an unbelievable overload of information that consumers cannot process it on the one hand. So they are ignoring, they are tuning it out. Second, because these ads are literally an interruption to the experience of the consumers, they are annoyed, they're irritated. They hate ads, they hate people behind the ads, which is marketers. So what do they do? The tech savvy ones are installing uh, the ad blockers on their, uh, you know, uh, what you call devices, with the result of which marketers are not able to reach them. Now, on the other hand, some of the content is not available unless the ad blockers are removed. It's almost like holding the consumers to blackmail, that unless you watch, you will not get the content. Now, from an advertiser's perspective, it's a perfect justification to say, there is no free lunch. 
you are giving us your attention in exchange for which we are giving you the content. That's how they look at it. But consumers don't look at it that way. They say, look, I'm irritated with you. You get out of my way. <laughs> so what do they do now? They are willing to even pay money to get out of the advertising area. So they're getting into ad-free spaces, whether it is YouTube uh, Premium or you're talking about Netflix or uh, you know, uh, Hulu Premium. There are so many of these which are there, uh, channels around the world, which are ad-free. And consumers see that this is a beautiful experience that they have. They're willing to pay for it to just keep the ads out. Now, this is a reality, unfortunately. So how, does, how do marketers then take care of this situation? So what we did uh, you know, at MasterCard uh, when I joined them is to start relying less and less on advertising and move my advertising dollars more towards experiences. The idea is people love things like sports, or music. So we have got nine different categories of this music, shopping, sports, arts and culture, movies, and so on. So we have got 10 of these, what we call passion points. So we said, let's take huge sponsorships in these 10 passion points. Like for example, in movies, we went to Cannes Film Festival, Berlin Film Festival, Venice Film Festival, and so on. We got some 20 different film festivals around the world. So you go there, and you don't just simply put your banners and some pretty ads, but you actually curate experiences for our customers and consumers. Experiences that you cannot buy, but experiences you can get only if you have a MasterCard. So what happens is that you're creating a beautiful experience for consumer. Consumers are absolutely thrilled. We give them truly priceless experiences as we call once in a lifetime. So they then start telling their story because everyone, when they have any good experience, they want to put it on their social media. They talk, uh, they start talking about it, then we amplify it. So we put our money behind amplifying their com comments and their uh, visibility. And then we sort of uh, get the word of mouth in a big way out there on steroids, literally. Now, this was a big hypothesis and uh, we started it, but fast forward now, that strategy has been working very, very well for us. So much so that MasterCard was a, you know, at 89 or 87, uh, uh, it was still a top 100 brand when I inherited. But today it has become a top 10 brand in the world as measured by brand Z, uh, and which is a Millward Brown uh, measurement. And that's something which has been paying us in oodles. And that's what marketers have to figure out how else to reach the consumer's hearts and minds uh, in ways beyond just traditional advertising. Now, your book talks about quantum marketing. Now, coming to the headline of the book, now, uh, when you talk about this, you know, this huge tech disruption, uh, AI, machine learning, et cetera, are going to be the key for quantum marketing. What really would you define it as quantum marketing and any example that you could give our listeners to understand in this detail of the concept that you're trying to talk about? See, I'll just give you a small analogy from the world of physics. So the world of physics, what is physics? Physics is a science which helps you make sense out of things around you in the physical world. And there are laws, laws like the law of gravity, electricity, magnetism, and so on. And when you understand them, you understand how the world around you works, therefore you can leverage it. However, classical physics started failing very badly when mankind started discovering new realms. So when you go to outer space, uh, classical physics would just not work. So a new field of physics was born called quantum physics. 
which explain all those scenarios. And that is practically now the basis for most of the modern uh, science that we have got uh, around quantum physics or based on quantum physics. In the same way, marketing was also being practiced, not just for centuries, but for millennia. And it has been constantly evolving. And each time it goes from one paradigm to the next paradigm, it was essentially driven by a couple of technologies. So for example, from paradigm one to paradigm two, it was two technologies, radio and television. Paradigm two to paradigm three was internet and data analytics. From three to paradigm four, it was mobile devices and social media platforms. Now we are entering the fifth paradigm. We are at the cusp between the fourth and the fifth, and we have got more than two dozen technologies which are coming at us, like AI, augmented reality, virtual reality, wearables, internet of things, smart speakers, autonomous cars, 3D printing, 5G um, telecoms, drones, autonomous driving vehicles. It's crazy, blockchains. When all these technologies are coming, they are going to disrupt the space in which marketing is going to operate in an unprecedented way, such that classical marketing is not going to work anymore. So you need a new way of thinking about marketing, a new marketing approach or a framework, and that's what I call quantum marketing. So quantum marketing is a radically new and different way of doing marketing in a new environment, which I call the fifth paradigm, which is driven by humongous amount of technological change and a deluge of data that will be uh, coming across. And so this is what quantum marketing is about. And I'll give you uh, an example. So when you look at, uh, say, uh, smart speakers, now smart speakers like Google Home or Alexa, they are all over the place now. They're getting, uh, they're rapidly expanding. And today more than 25% of the households in countries like the USA, UK, Germany, Japan, they already have a smart speaker at home. So what happens in the scenario is when a consumer is uh, talking to the smart speaker, you say, hey, Alexa, I want to buy some uh, diapers. So Alexa immediately will say, oh, do you want to buy pampers? You say, yeah, sure. Okay, uh, I, how many do you want? I'll say two or three. You say, okay, fine. Uh, because my account is that already in Amazon, it up, up, immediately sets the, uh, what do you call, order, places the order, and the purchase is done. So if you look at this whole thing, what just transpired, all the way from discovery of a product or a brand to the purchasing has all happened very rapidly and without any visual medium. Historically, other than the very old days where we used to do a lot of radio advertising, most of the communication that happens in this particular Alexa or Google Home is through voice, number one. Number two, Alexa is now a new intermediary and an influencer of decision-making as far as the consumer is concerned. So as a marketer now, what we have discovered is when Alexa recommends, hey, do you want Pampers? 70% of all the people say, okay, please go ahead. They don't say, okay, show me what other options are there. So which means if you are not there in that line of stream, when Alexa recommends somebody, you are gone. So you have to be the first choice to Alexa. It's a new kind of search engine optimization and search engine marketing. This is something completely different that we today do not have the requisite infrastructure for all the brands to be actually showing up the right way. 
So you can only hear one brand at a time, whereas you can look 10 brands on a screen. That needs you to totally alter your entire thinking, entire approach, entire strategy, and the infrastructure to deliver to that strategy. What you find is that every touch point of the consumer is an opportunity for marketing, but it is also an opportunity for annoying the hell out of the consumer if you don't do it right. So you gotta be really careful and thoughtful. How do you get in front of the consumer in a non-intrusive, non-annoying fashion on the one hand, and at the same time be present when decisions are being made because consumers are going to actually delegate a lot of their decision-making for brand choices to the machines that they are surrounded by. So it's going to be a brave new world and everything about marketing has to be totally questioned. And the way I'm seeing it is many of the classical theories are going to miserably fail. Things will be stood on their head, what we took for granted till yesterday and life is going to be very different. Loyalty has to be rethought. It has to be reimagined and reframed. So I have come up with a new framework. I call it preference management platforms, which means consumer is always tempted by humongous amount of choices in front of them. They are not going to stick to one brand. They will be moving the brand. They will be sampling everything. Marketplace is a free for all. You are not bound to anything. So people just keep going and buying what they want. So as a brand then, how do you influence the choice of the consumer when the consumer is making the decision in favor of your brand every single time? You have to win every single time and every single transaction. So that's why I'm revisualizing entire concept of loyalty as an example. So this is how we are looking at, or I'm looking at the fifth paradigm and quantum marketing is what is required to survive and thrive in this fifth paradigm. Sure. Now it's going to come to the part where you talked about data. For example, you wrote in your book when you went Citibank and you moved to Dubai, and uh, it's obviously uh, EMEA is a very cash-induced economy. And uh, then you tried to see how you can get people to use cards. Now there's a lot of data that you that you depended on at this point at that point in time, and data was very uh, data was very new at that as a concept at that time. Sure. But right now, everybody the first thing is data. There are smaller brands that are getting created out of nowhere from smaller regions and social media is all about amplification and using that space. In these times, how do bigger brands compete and stay relevant? So the key thing is data and technology are the two great levelers. They level the playing field in an unbelievable fashion. Now, when data and technology are leveling everything, because data is available to everyone and technology is available to everyone, you don't need to invest a huge amount of money for availing the benefits of either one of these because there are services that you can use on a pay-as-you-go basis. So therefore, as a large company, you cannot and will not compete on data or compete on technology. You will compete on creativity. You will create, compete on out-of-the-box thinking. You'll compete on innovation. So there is a humongous difference out there in the past that size and scale used to give an advantage no longer. So I would say that this is the time, actually, when data and technology have become so prevalent, marketing is going to make a difference. This is when you require marketing. 
This is where the creativity, out of the box thinking, innovation, uh, and aesthetic sense, the understanding of human emotions, which marketers do brilliantly, these are the ones which will make a humongous difference going forward. So what really is needed is for marketers, A, they should understand uh, data and technology cold, all types of technologies and data they need to understand very cold. So they, at least they know what's in place and what they can get out of it and how they can leverage it. Then they have to bring their right brain thinking to the table, which they have been historically doing in any case. That's what they have to bring to the table and really make a difference. So you'll, you'll see that once again, marketing will start getting a lot of prominence as it should, because that is the function which is going to drive the competitive edge of a company. And that's what is going to drive the profitable growth on a sustainable basis of a company. Sure. Before I let you go, one question that I have to ask is where do you see the future of marketing and what is it the new things that you are trying to do uh, and you think that the newer things that people should do and spend their time on? So as you said, marketing, I think hey, this is the most inspiring time to be in marketing. We are at the cusp of the fourth and fifth paradigms of marketing. If you embrace quantum marketing and quantum marketing thinking, you can really win big time in the future, in the imminent future, right? Because this is when companies really need differentiation and when their products can be easily matched, when their services can be easily matched, when their technology prowess can be easily matched, when their data capabilities can be easily matched, and all of these can be absolutely, you need a differentiation and marketing is going to be that single biggest differentiator and it is going to create a competitive advantage that is sustainable for a profitable growth of the business or of the brand and that CEOs will realize very, very quickly. If as a marketer, you don't understand technology or you don't understand data, you stand the risk of becoming obsolete extremely rapidly and unfortunately so. Now, what are the new things that we are trying? So for example, at MasterCard, which is my daytime job, uh, we are starting some, we are doing something called multi-sensory branding. People, they, pro they receive information and process information through all the five senses. So far through advertisements predominantly, we tap a little bit of uh, visual, uh, the sense of vision, and a little bit of the vision of sound, the sense of sound. And that's about it. So what we said is we need to go to a different level of depth on the visual sense as also meaning make it more immersive and in an un un unbelievable layering of information that makes the consumer's experience absolutely astoundingly delightful. Same thing with the music. We have studied the science of music and we launched what we call as the Sonic brand for MasterCard, which already has become the number one brand in the world in addition to this, for example, in the, sound, in the realm of uh, sound, we are launching a, a music album. So the music album has 11 songs. It's called Priceless, the album. Uh, be created by, uh, produced by one of the top producers in the world. He works with the likes of Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, uh, Mary J. Blige, and so on. And he is producing this for us and we, should, we are actually ready to launch, but we are waiting for the pandemic to settle down a little bit. 11 different songs in different genres. Each one has a subtle infusion of the MasterCard melody. But it is not so in your face that you feel, oh my God, this is a, this is a corporate anthem. No, it's not a corporate anthem. It's a beautiful, regular, beautiful song. Very, very, you know, in different genres, in different moods. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. So this is one of the kind of things. 
we have also launched restaurants to tap into the third uh, sense of is the taste sense of taste. So we already launched five restaurants. Unfortunately, we had to temporarily uh, shut them down because of COVID. But the, the moment COVID is behind, we'll come back. And my aspiration is for MasterCard to have the largest chain of the finest restaurants in the world. We have got five already. We got three more in the pipeline right now, uh, scheduled actually for 2021 in the exotic places around the world. And these are uh, once in a lifetime experiences. They're not cheap. They're targeted to the affluent segment, uh, clearly. So we launched uh, you know, uh, four restaurants in Manhattan. We launched one in Rome. Uh, and now we have plans to go to other countries. And uh, so we'll get to India as well. Uh, and once the COVID thing is over, it's, it's a very unique concept. Uh, which has really given us some tremendous mileage before COVID started. So we hope to restart it as soon as COVID is behind us. So these are the kind of new things that we are trying. And I think uh, these are all attempts uh, and strategies to get to the consumer's hearts and minds through all their five senses. And in a way that we are not totally dependent on advertising. These are the alternative routes to their hearts and minds. So this is what we are up to and I'm very excited and that's what keeps me going every day, day after day. Basically, you're depending more on the experience side of the business to create more business. Absolutely right. You summed it up very well. Thank you so much for your time and all the best. And it was really lovely speaking to you today. I know wishing all your listeners a uh, safe time ahead. Uh, please stay safe, be well and take care. Thank you.